The podcast you're about to listen to is part of the Professional Casual Network. To find more podcasts like this, please check out professionalcasual.com. The Professional Casual Network has gear. Check out teespring.com slash store slash professional casual for fresh new swag. A huge shout out to our sponsor, beardeddragongames.online. Pick up all your local game store goodness from Magic the Gathering, Dungeons and Dragons, Pathfinder, or Wafurp 4th Edition, as well as terrain, paints, board games, comics, and more. Make sure to use code professionalcasual at checkout for free domestic shipping or PCME10 for 10% off your total order at beardeddragongames.online. Also, a special thanks to Built Bar for sponsoring the show. To get 10% off your order and to help support the show, use code professionalcasual at checkout or use the link in the show notes. So, hey, st- stop me if you've heard this one. So, five ants rented an apartment with another five ants. Now they're 10 ants. <laughs> gentlemen this is your host e to the dr t reaching out through the supervision free source of infinity interfacing i am joined today by my partner in infinity b to the t brady t how's it over there in the life or the universe of oppressive aliens brother i'm living a bug's life right now <laughs> today on a Arach- god that was such a great movie today on arachne we will be discussing how it is in fact raining men with guns but first we should talk about business Arachne is a part of the Professional Casual Network. If you would like to support the network, please sign up at our Patreon or purchase some hot swag at streamlabs.com Professional Casual Network 1. I'm going to add in that I have been doing my best to try and get us some merchandise produced. Mostly come down to just making sure the logos and stuff look good. But in the near future, there will be swag for you to buy if you are an Arachne fanatic. You'd be excited for that. That is super exciting. We are also sponsored by the Frontline Gaming, uh, by Frontline Gaming. I would love if you use the link in the show notes to go purchase your tickets for any of their upcoming events that really helps us out. The next event is Cruise Hammer on August 13th through 20th. After that would be SoCal Open October 21st through the 22nd. You don't have much time for that August one. I think that as the time of this recording, that's like next week. So it might already be over by the time this episode comes out. So don't worry about that if you were thinking of going. Uh, so we would also like to announce that there's an up coming event called Everwinter in December 9th and 10th in the Boston areas, the Weston Waltham, Boston. We know the guy, one of the guys that runs it. We just recently started playing Infinity with us, actually, funnily enough. And what a swell guy. I don't know if I want to say his name. I don't know if he should maintain that level of anonymity, but um, just so you know, we love you. And uh, we can never forget our sponsor, Mr. Laser, at mrlaser.square.site. He's making stuff for Shatterpoint. I talked to him a little while ago. I think he's on the verge of maybe producing the infinity carrying trays. If you want one, if you actually reach out to me personally, I could probably get you connected and you can actually get one. But as of right now, it's not on his website yet. So he's in a production capability. He just hasn't put it out yet, as far as I'm aware. So if you want one, if you reach out to me, I might be able to help you get one. And as far as I know, you can get any any color you want, any of the prime colors. Anyway, Brady, what are we talking about today? We are talking about reinforcements. Yay! 
the new game mode that everyone has been so positive and happy about. No salt. No, no. Okay, I'm totally lying. People have been kind of having uh, panic attacks. The internet has been aflame. We did the thing that, you know, Carlos told us not to do of, you know, freak out before we read the rules. And I personally uh, am of a slightly different opinion. Um, as always, we are not top tier players. So if we're giving you advice or anything like that, we may not help you win tournaments. But you may have style points, and I think reinforcements is probably a great example of it is like a style point game, uh, style points as a game mode. I think there's a lot of fun to be mined, but I think you really want to be looking at the new game mode kind of under that lens of its style points. It's not going to set the world on fire. It's probably not going to take over the 300 point tournament, you know, your classic two list 300 point. It's going to be, you know, I, I was told, hey, think of it like doubles in 40k or a team tournament. It's a lot of fun to sprinkle in, and it really helps break up that monotony of that tournament grind. But, you know, think of it like that. Don't think of it as like, oh, this will be the thing I'm going going to grind for the next you know two years of all of all my big events i actually am really curious to see how well this takes off i think at least locally the reaction to it's been probably more on the positive side at least locally i know on the internet was kind of on fire there for a little while uh, from the less optimistic people that inhabit some of the discords i i'm really waiting for the new mission packet before i really pass any judgment it can really really change how it feels and i think that's going to matter a lot also if tournaments i think the ideal world if we really saw this take any kind of major adoption which i think is actually my biggest complaint is the the 350 if if they found a way to make it work in the 300 you could have two missions would be normal one mission would be reinforcements and it can more seamlessly integrate but the way they wrote it was like wow this doesn't integrate and you basically do and you can like you can still have one of your you know one of your ones be a 250 you know 350 point list but that doesn't feel like it's going to be as seamless i really hope i'm wrong because i think that will be i think it could be a lot of fun as we're going to talk about later on the list building challenges that it proposes is actually kind of interesting and makes you evaluate profiles differently which is a really fun thing and a really great part because it makes you like maybe find a diamond in a, in a model that you weren't going to uh, think very highly of I don't know. I think it's kind of interesting. I think it breaks the game up. I think it makes it very new. I guess you were. Yeah, I guess that's like kind of exactly what you said is it does break up the monotony of essentially just playing your regular games. I don't know. I'm excited. I will say looking through the profiles, because for the most part, obviously, we got a big wave of new profiles for some of the models that already exist. And then we got a bunch of new ones. Right. So in any and and if nothing else, the game got shook. Right. It got a pretty big shook up. So it's interesting to think of some of the reinforcing profiles are essentially the same exact profile as some of the things that have already existed. But now, like you're just saying, like you were saying, all of a sudden a model that was just like garbage. All of a sudden, if you take away the need of like one or two orders for you to get to the midfield, also without being shot in the process, you open up a world of possibilities for models that may have never been able to get to that point. Like the first thing that comes to my mind is a bronze, right? Not a lot of people. I bet if you don't play O12, you probably don't even know what a bronze is because they're not good. They're not great. They're way too expensive and they don't really have very good like long range firepower before that last update they finally gave him an hmg but now all of a sudden you have a heavy infantry who wasn't fast who was good at close combat shooting not really of much of a fighter but now all of a sudden you've opened up this ability especially in factions that have problems with smoke right now all of a sudden you have the ability to just skip that first easy breakout which i'm sure you're at least somewhat familiar oh yeah with. uh yeah no there's there's the different profiles uh, in from the reinforcement units but also just and what we'll get kind of when we talk about more of the rules and our experiences already the way you build your list 
thinking about how reinforcements are going to come in is differently. So you you may reevaluate some of those like medium heavy infantry options. You're like, uh, it's a little bit, or even like light infantry, like, eh, it's a little expensive. I don't know. But with your like new list building constraints, it suddenly is like, okay, it, it now has a little bit more of a niche uh, because you're not, you don't need as many orders. So you're not you know, planning around the 15 in the same, in the same exact way. The, the one thing I will say, and I think for, for better and for ill, Corvus Belly really, they did not swing for the fences when it comes to reinforcements. And what I mean by that is, if you look at a lot of the decisions, it looks like they came to a lot of decision points and chose the weaker of the two options, you're, you're still limited to a 15 model pool total where you they, you could have taken the other way and said, you can take 15 models and then this is a separate pool of 100 points. And, and a few other things like that. You know, they say like, hey, you could have gone past the line but your drop pod has to stay on you know on your half of the line but you can essentially could drop it right on the edge and get eight inches into the opponent's side there was a lot of choices they could have made and they chose the weaker of the two and that is really because you know i, I think what a lot of people were at least originally worried about is this was gonna like the drop pod was gonna come down and the game gets decided by the drop pod coming down and i don't think you're gonna see that as much uh, and i think corvus belly did the right the right choice on that and what that also allows us to do Hopefully, you know, we'll see how what Corvus Belly decides to do, but they can ratchet those knobs up a little bit more if people are enjoying it, but going like, man, I really wish it was a 300 combat group and you just got an extra 100 points that dropped down. Maybe we'll see that. Maybe people will play it more. And again, Carlos in the video when he announced it was seemed pretty open to the idea of maybe things are going to change. So we just have to start playing it and figuring that out and figuring like kind of what those knobs need to be that focuses on fun rather than power. I've done enough years of Games Workshop where every single release is better than the previous. Like, I know it's a big thing as a war gamer of like, oh, if it's not the best, it's the worst. And so you release new content. It's like, well, it wasn't the best thing to come out. So it's garbage. And it's just like, well, I played on the other side of that. It's not, it's not fun. Uh, you, you, you get, you get buying fatigue from the, from the Games Workshop style. Cause they do do that. You know, it's every time something new comes out, it's better than everything that came out previously. Uh, and I'm, I'm kind of actually excited to, it's, it's focused on a gameplay shakeup not on a power shakeup. And funnily enough, it's it really doesn't feel like I'm going to say it's going to sound weird to some people, I'm sure. It doesn't really feel like they're selling anything, even though they're selling boxes filled with new models. But the cool thing is, is that the boxes with the new models are also profiles that you can play in the faction anyway. From what I understand, I think. I th yeah, I think the only faction where that is not the case is Combined Army with the the extra. Yeah. Uh, they don't have any non-reinforcement profiles at this current time. I bet as we get closer to 15, we may see that. And it is also quite possible, like, again, the how they originally pitched it, it sounded like they could become a sectorial, and this is kind of it's working its way up to that. Who knows? Maybe they'll just get normal profiles that just gets thrown into vanilla combined and scattered amongst the sectorial. I think Combined is the only one, and even then, it's like these, uh, you know, Bug models are cool. I'm excited to own those bug models and use them as like Nox Troopers are and as I'll be using Nox Troopers to represent them for right now. I actually just double checked as we were doing this. The new O12 units aren't in vanilla. So I guess if you're playing O12, those units also don't come in there. So I don't know, maybe some of the new profiles. Again, I'm not super familiar with all of the factions, but if there might be some profiles that aren't completely out yet. I'm assuming at some point they probably will. I would hope. But, you know, who knows? CB's got their fingers on the pulse. So if nothing else, you get access to some of these pretty cool profiles. Actually, some of these profiles you can't even get uh, exposure to unless you play reinforcements at this 
here at this moment. So, I mean, obviously you want to try them out. I don't blame you. It would feel weird if they didn't integrate them into their respective armies at some point, just because they do want to sell those boxes of models. And if you can only use them when playing reinforcements, that seems kind of feel bad. Yeah. Like they won't sell a lot of them. And again, they want to sell these models. I also want a reason to buy these models. So let the, I, I would be very surprised if around season 15, we don't see, you know, their quote unquote, normal non-reinforcement profile. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. I, and I and as a kind of preview of coming attractions, I think that almost all of the reinforcement tables were, if not amazing, they were at least okay. They were at least good. If I had to kind of rank them a little bit, I think Pano and O12, I think, got maybe the weakest of the charts because I think Eugene's is amazing. Aleph's is incredible. Ariadna's is also incredible. Uh, the to- Funnily enough, Toha, if you... If you think about the what are the Chaska or whatever it's called, the two wound model, you could just bring three of them and you could put like twelve wounds in the middle of the table. Yeah, it's it's like pretty incredible. Uh, Richard goes over it in one of his videos, uh, which are Richard Shepard is that his name? Look at that. Co- that's that was a collab. Anyway, so if you're, they're all at least pretty good. I think you won't be disappointed with at least some of the stuff in those profiles. Again, even if it's just an alternate take on a model that you might have already been using. But anyway, we should probably get into what reinforcements yeah, are. Yeah, explain this. Explain this like I'm five. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> All right, guys, that's it for the episode. Uh, we'll talk to you guys. So the rules for reinforcements. So I've seen this taken a few different ways. Some people tried to play it without fully understanding the rules. I know that happened locally at least at least once. So if you hear something different than what we're saying here, I'm not saying that we're right, but let's just say I did a lot of research to make sure that I wasn't wrong. So if I'm wrong, oops. So (laughs) here we go. List construction. So the way that the game works when you're playing with the reinforcements, I believe they call modules for the events. So if you're playing with that specific mod of the tournament, you're if they use normal recommended points, that is, you're going to be making a 300 and point a three. I'm sorry, a 350 point list, which you, you will divide between a 250 and five swick main list. So like if you're playing regular infinity and then a hundred points of a reinforcement group, which is going to make its own order group that will be a hundred points and use two swick. Now, the only requirements are that you have to have in your 250 point chunk of the list. There has to be at least one model with comlink as of the the time of this recording, the only models that have Comlink are basic line troopers in all of the factions. And Comlink costs that model 20 extra points and 0.5 SWIC. It usually costs about 10 or so extra points. It, it pushes them usually. They're usually about 15 point models and it pushes them mid 20s or so. Okay. I'm stupid. It, I think it is 10. Now that you say that. Whatever. Still, it's very expensive for a basic line trooper. And it's, I think a lot of people, like, I, I am not excited to pay for a 24 point unit drone. That, actually, funnily enough, that's one of my qualms with it is I don't. If everybody's paying the exact same price, I don't know why they just didn't have the cost, which is strange. Because most people are going to bring a line trooper anyway for orders. So, I mean, it's like you might as well give them the skill, but like make them not pay. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't really get the point of that. I'm hoping that later they'll release more profiles that are like, oh, this is like a com link specialist kind of guy. I was thinking before it all, before they revealed all the profiles, I was like, oh, this is what they're going to do with the leadership profiles. They don't get a lot of attention. It's like, oh, Saladin. Saladin will be Comlink 3 and he'll be like this certain profile, blah, 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 whatever. That's what I thought they were going to do. That did not do that. This might change in the future if reinforcements kind of takes off. So, you know, keep your uh, keep your head on a swivel for that. Bring you back to they're they're always picking the weaker of the two options there. I also think they were probably worried that maybe people were going to start taking sixteen order lists outside of reinforcement with Comlink, and so you price it at such a premium that 
no one's going to do that. But again, you could have easily wrote the rule to be like, it only works with the reinforcements game type or anything like that. Um, yeah, it's it's a really weird tax that just like no one's excited about. And it should be said that the com link rule itself increases your trooper cap. So since all of them are at least com trooper one, if you're playing reinforcements, you can bring 16 troops total up to five of those half or up to five of those can be your reinforcement models because that's how big that uh, order group can be. Now, some of the factions got Comlink 2, Ariadna and uh, Hawk got Comlink 2 with the Ghulam and the, well, and Ariadna, it's like all of them. It's like the grunts and the, and the Cossacks and all that stuff. So all of them got it. So if you play those two factions, you have a higher cap than other factions and you only even you pay the same exact price as far as I could tell, which is interesting. I don't know how they made that decision, but you know, whatever. So reinforcements get triggered in a 350 point game, which is again is supposed to be the recommended. So this changes if you increase the point totals. Just make sure you keep that in mind if you do try this at a higher point level. In a 350 point game, once one of the players gets to 200 and uh, they get below 251 points. So as soon as they hit 250, you're allowed to elect to bring in reinforcements at the beginning of your turn. Now, this is important to note that it's usually going to be about 100 points lost in your list. This changes if your list is not exactly 350. So if your list is like 340 or whatever, now all of a sudden it's it's as soon as you hit that 250 point. So you're already 10 points closer to getting your reinforcements. Could that be gamed? It's possible. I could see it happening, but something to keep in mind. So the way that the reinforcements itself works is that on the list of the phases, when your turn first starts, you're in the tactical phase and we're going to get kind of technical here. Most people don't really think of it like get divided up like this, but in the tactical phase, that's when you would use your command tokens and you make your orders and blah, blah, blah. The specific a uh, sequence of events that happens is the very first thing, it's your turn. The first thing you do is use your command tokens. This means that you cannot use command tokens to switch anybody from the reinforcement group into the other groups because they're not even on the table yet. That's an important distinction. So then after you've used your command tokens, you may elect to bring in the reinforcements. If you are at 250 points, as far as I could tell and from everything I could read, you are not required to bring them in unless it's turn three. So if you get totally spanked on turn one and you lose over 100 points of models or whatever, you can choose not to do it in turn two. That is actually your decision. I, it sounds kind of rough. I don't know why you wouldn't, but it is an option just in case whatever the circumstances are on the table are. The next thing that happens is the retreat check. Then it's the loss of lieutenant check. And then after that is the order count. This is important to note because if a model with chain of command comes in with your reinforcements, they can stop you from being in loss of lieutenant. And if you're in reinforce and if you're in retreat because you got spanked, they stop that and take you back into normal game mode so that you don't have to go into retreat state. That's a, again a very important thing to note if that changes the way that you're going to play based on whatever's going. And then the order count part is at the very end of this phase, which means that your orders in the reinforcement group are going to generate normally. And it also means that they get all of the skills that they would get that order their extra that order that give you extra orders like tack aware. So if you bring a tag, if you bring the Pano tag, the Squallow Mark II, it will get its tack aware order because it all happens before the order phase itself happens. Did I miss anything there, Brady? I think I got everything. You forgot to mention uh you can move one trooper over and that is your chain of command model can freely go to that combat group, which uh, I actually think in some situations, depending on how you want to build for reinforcements, can be quite powerful. 
people, some of those really want to use a lot of orders because they you can get some pretty good things and reinforcements. And I'm even thinking like maybe that's why they didn't want to go goo goo gaga over like crazy like killy models getting the comlink skill because it's not like a, I mean a ghoulam is you know they're not particularly merciless right but if you gave it to like I don't know an Osreal with a com it, I could see how that could be potentially bad especially if it was like in group two and you're like oh yeah i'm gonna bring into this thing and get the orders and blah blah, blah. like maybe they're kind of eyeballing to see how that how how that kind of hashes out i don't know it's kind of interesting to think about but, yes you're absolutely right i was referring to the order steps but yes you were correct i was about to get to that it is true if when you're reinforcing smack the table you can suck the comlink troop out of whatever group they're in and put it into that group for the reinforcements that is the only thing that essentially can mess with the order pool of the reinforcements as far as i know period again as of the time of this recording that could very easily change. So the thing that is also important to note is that the reinforcements that you're bringing onto the table is in fact open information. CB specifically came out and said this, so you cannot hide what is coming. It's not hidden information. So if you're playing against your opponent, you can actually specifically ask them, hey, what's coming? Oh, it's a giant bug that's going to explode, have an exploding fart when it lands. Awesome. All right. What does that mean for the game, Brady? You get reinforcements, which means you get a bunch of, you know, up to five models to slam into the center of the board, probably turn two, you know, turn two or turn three. I got to do a game with it last week. I 100% cheated. I 100% took 20 orders total. I did not double check the, you know, it's 15 orders across both everything. I really messed up on that one. However, I... My opponent didn't mess up, which good. So I got to see kind of what what uh, his list was kind of looking like. But I did like get to get the feel of a few things uh, that came from that game. You know, if you want a really strong reinforcement hit, you want to be building closer to a 10 order list. So you can put all those five troopers in from your reinforcement, make sure that they actually have, you know, the orders when they come in. That is something where, especially if they don't, for some reason, come down turn two, they are only going to get four, five orders total, which can be enough for a lot of pieces to do a lot of work. But if you if you really want to make sure like, you know, Kodali's coming in on this reinforcement, you, you're giving her that full five orders or you might as well just kind of take the cheapest things you possibly can. And who cares? Mid range, when mid, mid range weapons are uh, gain a lot of power with reinforcements, uh, the reinforcements coming in and just your guns to shoot them as they're on the board. Uh, I took some extras with multi uh, multi rifles and it's like, oh, basically everything I want to shoot at is within 16 inches or is within a four to six inch move to be within 16 inches. You're going to see a lot more of that eight to to 24 band be really, really powerful. Um, and you can really play around those. So you, you may want to be looking at some of those different weapon profiles at all aspects of your list. You don't need to actually put all those troops, like you could put your drop pod right in the midline or right before it. And eight inches like is actually pretty big. Uh, so you have a really big dis- spot you can disperse your troopers out. So like everyone's always talking about like, you know, oh, the, the four burst train chain rifle all these different shotgun profiles and it's like well you can take a reinforcement heavy machine gun and just drop it at the far end of that of that eight inch circle it probably still isn't like your like your best strategy but it, it, I, I don't think people you know again if we play this a lot and we see it a lot more often i think people will start exploring with the uh the drop pod that doesn't go too far out your deployment zone but allows you to kind of hit some of those sniper towers and those longer range pieces that are like kind of four to eight inches outside your deployment zone that you were not able to get to unless you have a forward deployment skill it should it should be noted that with the drop pod icon the token i believe the circle is about 17 and a half ish inches i think it's like give give or take something like that 
because it's a 16, 16 inch diameter with the token in the middle because you measure from the edges. So it, it does make it like slightly more than 16. That's a pretty big circle. I mean, that's a good chunk of the board. So like he's saying, plenty of real estate to kind of mess around with if you want to bring some like defensive ARO pieces with your reinforcement group, which might be good for like order feeding into whatever, right? If you bring a killer and then you bring some other guys who are just kind of there to interrupt. Um, I think obviously it's part that people can really leverage reinforcements, especially if you choose not to bring them in on turn two, is bring a specialist team essentially that it drops down with two or three orders and it's like what's my mission it's go push that button over there and go win me the mission and everything else like my other 250 points is dedicated to not that um and what i talked about earlier about for list building is your your more expensive pieces suddenly become a lot more interesting and more valuable because you really are probably going to build 10 orders in your list and so you don't need to fill up with as many uh, you know do nothing order fillers so you can be looking at like okay i can you know i can be looking at you know, let, let's say Kodali, like the more expensive Kodali profiles. I can be looking at all these different like mid, uh, like, you know, your mid infantry that you always look at, you know, when you're doing your list building, you're like, ah, it's a little bit too expensive. Uh, I won't have enough orders. Yeah, well, you're only building, you only put, got to put 10 models in there. Uh, go, go a little bit crazy. Take some of those bigger pieces. That also has the added benefit of you can push one of those pieces forwards and you only need to lose a hundred points. So if you lose a couple big pieces, you suddenly get your reinforcements in and your reinforcements can kind of fill that secondary punch. I know when I played my game, I hadn't lost. I was like five points for, away from getting reinforcements and my per, and my opponent had like one or two orders left. And I was just sitting there. I really need you to kill something right now. I really need you. Like, like, and again, if you knew my points values, he'd be like, wait a minute. The best case scenario is I do nothing because Brady won't. <laughs> get that 100 points on turn two um and then he can really slam into me but he 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 killed my total reaction bot that got me the he dropped the four burst chain rifle on him and i'm like he's like oh i thought you were gonna dodge i'm like no i actively wanted that robot to die so i could get my 100 points of x-ray to come in uh but that was i think that is an interesting way you would never think about infinity before is that you know hey i kind of want something to die or okay i've done enough like you know you always have the i've done too much damage i don't want them to go into retreat but only losing about a hundred points is a lot harder to gauge on a lot of armies unless you like play them and know and know like their values off the top of your head so you're gonna be sitting there being like i think they've lost maybe about a hundred if i've if i've gone only slightly on like over if i've killed like 105 i just want to keep killing but if i've only killed 95 if i can stop right now this is like this ultimate point where i just like can slam them on turn three keep going yeah uh, i i thought it was a lot of fun um i i did again feel the if your reinforcements don't come to turn three they it kind of feels like a nothing game mode i'm a little disappointed i kind of wish they were guaranteed to come down turn two and it was a benefit if you went second that your reinforcements could come down turn one um i get why again i get why they did it they chose the weakers of the options but it is it, it i i'm sure there's gonna be some games where it's just like wow reinforcements didn't matter and we just played a 250 point game that's a little disappointing but what if they decided to bring is it like if you don't hit that mark to bring in the full 100 points what if there was a way for you to always be able to bring in 50 points of it so like oh hey that didn't hit the 100 point mark what if we could bring in right this is kind of speculation don't listen to me but i'm just kind of curious if the 100 points thing doesn't really work out what if they did 50 points 
turn two, 50 points turn three, based on however much you've lost or whatever. Anyway, interesting thought, but I figured that might be maybe the good alternative. So I think that when it comes to the bell curve of violence that can happen in a game, generally speaking, in a regular game of Infinity, if somebody's playing it kind of stereotypically, the violence is really front loaded. I think that the very the, usually the first turn is when you want to do that alpha strike. So that's when you have stuff that's incredibly fast, run across board, bikes, Uberfall commandos, whatever, uh, uh, drugged out of their minds, Morlocks, <laughs> run as fast as motorcycles. When you have those things committing all the violence at the very beginning in a regular game. Generally speaking, I've found that the turn three, there's really not actually all that much murdering. Generally speaking, obviously every game is kind of different. Turn two and one are usually where all the fighting's at. I think what makes reinforcements interesting is that it can extend that bell curve because now all of a sudden you have 100 points of models who are essentially hidden deployed, not on the table, that can just slam into the table on the last turn and now everybody's shooting each other. I think it kind of... It makes the game in some ways like more exciting for the entire game, even if all the models are doing is stopping your opponent from getting that last minute push to the objective or whatever. There's there is that, which actually is a really good point. And again, is the also why, you know, again, choosing the weaker of the two options in some ways is the correct call because you don't want it to be. Oh, it's turn three. Dr. D slams his reinforcements on and kills half my army. Cool. I didn't you know, they could have easily made it too powerful. And games are determined by the drop, and that would just feel terrible. But to kind of what you're saying is it allows you to get really violent turn one and turn, uh, let's say turn one and turn two, but then you don't run out of gas. That's really what happens uh, towards the last turn or so is you're both running on fumes and you're like, I just don't have the orders. I need to kill that guy, but I don't have the orders. So I just have to kind of pray and make my armor save to go touch that button. And reinforcements come in as that like second wave. So in theory, the game will actually be faster because you're going to hit that fume point a little bit earlier in, in your turn one or turn two, just because you have less stuff. You know, again, in theory, you have five less orders on the board. Um, so you're going to hit that like playing playing on fumes, but then you get a little bit of injection. So it doesn't feel, you know, again, because we, we have had those turn threes where it's like, yep, I have three orders and a goddamn dream and I'm not excited about it. At least your reinforcements at that point will be down. And so you'll have a little bit of like, oh, I have eight orders and a dream. <laughs> I think that for some people, this might actually become their preferred way of playing just for that reason alone is the extended drag of just violence, you know, because some of us are stupid and we just like to kill. It also it also gives you like a lot of midfield fighting, which I think has a lot of really interesting objectives are for lamos chances for people to do really interesting aro decisions hidden deployment becomes a lot more interesting yeah there is a certain amount of like in, in games where it's like wow that person with a tag is just really good and like you know cornered a sight line that i didn't think about and i guess i don't get to move across the table because i just die at least reinforcements start you halfway up the board so that's you know it's something it becomes a uh- I've always thought of the midboard as like the John Woo area where people are like diving and shooting like mini guns and or not mini guns, I guess like chain rifles, whatever you want to call that. But that's where that that's where people are like jumping and leaping and shooting really close and people running into close combat and hitting each other. I think it's super exciting. You can only see an HMG open up on somebody else on the other side of the map so many times before you kind of get it feels samey, you know? Like, oh hey, you're minus six men, sniper on a tower and machine. Okay, I lost. All right, cool. Well and those and those like battle of inches, you know, that like oh I get a plus one inch to my dodge and where you're moving on every single inch and corner matters so much when you're in that 16 and below range where again, like you said, your your sniper your HMG it's like oh he he shuffles two inches in the back behind the cover and you're like yep let's just roll our dice and it's a lot more of a dice rolling simulator where once you get close it's really like you know what maybe i'll dodge here and if i dodge 
what he thinks I'm dodging close to him. What if I dodge slightly behind, like away from him, and that he may not be expecting this, and then I suddenly can you know get some angle that that the person wasn't expecting. There's a lot more of that, you know, play with your play with your measuring tape um, <laughs> that I, I think people are going to be really excited for. Uh, I'm really excited f- to try a lot of that because, again, I, I I like close combat. You know, I was a big close combat person in 40k. I love dodging my umbers into close combat in Infinity. Uh, I am I am so for the midboard being saturated to all hell. Now, continuing on that thought, the midfield is the realm of the template. So I think chain rifles and shotguns are going to get even more valuable just because now we know the midfield is going to get clogged up with crap at some point. And even if it is at the point where your guys come in and the other persons haven't, if you can set up an ARO presence with those templates, now all of a sudden those weapons are still doing work, right? So I think that reinforcement games will emphasize the strength of templates even more. I think right now, templates might be... I don't want to say they're too good, but I think that a lot of the times the profiles that carry them are probably really competitively priced because warbands are so cheap. So it's going to be interesting to see templates being used on models that are like heavy infantry shooting each other. Like now you have two heavy infantry with boarding shotguns blasting away at each other, hitting each other with templates. Completely changes the dynamic of it because now all of a sudden you have two wound models that are shooting each other with, you know, templates and blah, 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 or whatever, board state depending. I think it's interesting. It does emphasize something that I did learn that made me a much better player for regular games is that in order to have a good ARO presence, you have to have hard and you have to have soft AROs. Hard AROs are total reaction bots, five-man link snipers, uh, 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 hidden deployment, min six, noctifer with a missile launcher. These are hard AROs. Soft AROs are mines, camo tokens, anything that's going to slow down the opponent, but it may not necessarily kill them. In a a jammer is like a great example of a soft arrow. You're not going to kill anybody with a jammer, but you are really going to cause them to clench their butts so hard they're making diamonds, right? There's nothing more frustrating than having your attack stopped by something that's non-lethal. So I think that non-lethal weapons and stuff like mine layer, value of it, stonk up. Now, your 250 points are going to have to include something that's going to clog up the midfield because your long-range arrows are not going to be able to stop it from happening. So you know it's going to happen. Now you have to get ready for it. It makes a lot of sense why during this update bitten kiss lost uh kiss lost one of the bursts on the repeater on the pitcher uh except maybe not in onyx hey, hey cb if you're listening uh please please explain uh onyx has the old profile um but vanilla has what is probably the new profile for bitten kiss so uh cb hey what's going on with that I, w- I won't be sad if onyx you know onyx has the has the good good pitchers and they're like no 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 you stick you stick with me like you got the you got norkius in the background gives them a better pitcher but like you said just clog up that midfield with the Peters and, you know, spotlight and T and guided missiles and stuff that you don't care about losing, but the opponent really hates to have to deal with. That's, that's the name of the game. And then I also think that now with reinforcement games and regular games is important, but I think with reinforcements, it gets even more important is the idea that you have to know when to stop committing. Cause now if you have a model that crosses the board and kills a hundred points and stuff or whatever, a McMurrow is a great example. If he runs across the entire board, unless he burrows like a tick on top of a building, if there's a wave of murderers coming from the sky, there's no way he's going to survive. If he's anywhere, even moderately exposed to being taken out. Cause now you have to think, Oh, usually over committing. It's more, like a turn one thing, especially if you're going first, because you bring your bike, you do the thing. Do I go grab the supply box and keep going or I go back, whatever. Now, all of a sudden, you have to worry about overcommitting almost every single 
turn. Now you have to play conservative. So I think, and this is something that I've talked about with locals. I don't know if, know if I've necessarily talked about it with you. I think it'll be much more interesting if they don't change the scenarios. I suspect the scenarios are going to change in the new ITS document that's coming to probably include stuff that might be more reinforcement friendly. But if they don't, now all of a sudden scoring some of these objectives is a hell of a lot harder if you've got to chew through a hundred extra points of chonky boy coming from the sky that you couldn't deal with on the way there. Oh, I would like to push that button. Well, Mr. Chain Rifle over here says he doesn't want you to push that button. You're like, oh, shit. Yeah, because the amount of time is it's like, oh, I'll just have a hidden deployment. Malignos. Oh, he he uncloaks, walks forward, you know, literally an inch, presses the button. You couldn't do anything about it. That's never going to be the case, in my opinion, with reinforcements. Like, maybe you can game it out, but like reinforcements are going to make those those midfield object- objectives just bloodbath. And I think that something like a Malignos or an Octopus or a ninja or whatever, blah, blah, blah. If you do the hidden deployment thing, you're already at 250 points. You're already kind of cutting it close on like being able to bring everything that you want because the things in reinforcements, they can't do that. They That is points that is specifically designated to, as far as I'm aware, no, not a single camp, not a single marker state other than impersonator on some of the hackers. I think that's it. So if you spend your points on camo tokens or except that camo tokens aren't a good example. If you're spending your points on hidden deployment models that aren't doing anything for the whole game because you want to do the turn three grab, you're, you're going to be way down on points at that point because now all of a sudden that's points you can't lose to hit the reinforcement point. So now not only is it, let's say a ninja, right? Let's just say a 20 point ninja. Now all of a sudden you're 250, only 230 of it can even take damage for you to get to that point. So if you bring a lot of hidden deployment stuff or that's like your secret tech or whatever, that could ruin the curve of when your models show up on the table because now all of a sudden it can't die and it can't do anything in the process. There's still a lot of creative space here. Is that going to be the case that maybe you should avoid hidden deployment stuff? I don't know. Who knows, right? We're also kind of figuring it out. But I know that I won't be using hidden deployment stuff unless it's specifically something that's going to come out for ARO purposes. If it's for button pressing purposes, I'm probably not going to do it. Like lynxes are still on the table for me, baby. So if you play against me, it's yeah, those are fun. I'm obsessed with them. I love. Yeah, them. I would. I would say your hidden deployment Noctifer probably still really good. Your malignos killer hacker who's just there to push a button and like maybe duel one or two models in the midfield. Yeah, he's probably not winning a lot of those duels anymore because it's not just like he's not just ganking one dude in the midfield. It's him and his two big buddies with chain cults and you're like, that's not that's not as winnable. That's not as winnable anymore. And you again, you'd rather put those points to that are killing or dying and not just doing nothing. And I think the cool, I guess if you really boil it down, my favorite part of reinforcements is that it has created in my mind a thought process of I can win this battle, but I may not necessarily win the war because now you have to worry about things that like logistically speaking, you couldn't really do anything about like you can't alpha strike the reinforcements. You can't do it no matter what you do. That means that it is an entire segment of a list that you cannot touch. That is one of the strengths of hidden deployment tags is you can hidden deploy a sphinx. The other person can't do a damn thing about it. You have a free, well, not free. You have a unsoiled tag no matter if you go first or second so like now all of a sudden you have the access you have access to something that literally i think is actually what it's supposed to do it's like oh we're in trouble these guys showed up and they're going to help us so now you have to think oh hey i might win this certain engagement and i could probably kill a few more cheerleaders but if i lose my attack piece what is that going to do for the long game so if i lose my bike i may not be able to touch the other person's console for power pack or whatever so it's kind of interesting that now, all of a sudden, you have to think more broadly of the full logistical implications of everything that you choose to do. Do you want to start going into a little bit more of what people could be expecting uh, raining down upon their head? All you humans look the same to me. So, yeah, we, we looked at some of the profiles. 
uh, I know Brady wanted to focus more on C Army because I have no idea about anything in C Army. So I picked some of the more human faction ones that I really enjoyed. Uh, so these may not be, <laughs> they, these aren't necessarily the best. I just thought they were the ones that were the most interesting. I know that a lot of the Yu Jing stuff, especially, was like, there's a lot of things in Yu Ching that are like straight up crazy. I admit my skills with Yu Ching aren't super great. I actually just started playing Invincible Army. So I'm kind of just putting my toe into it. But I can actually confirm everybody it's a real faction. I've played against them now and I've played as them. It's a real faction. I don't know if anybody knew that. So anyway, the very first one I thought I would talk about, the one that stands out the most to me, I love I love tags. I've been doing my best to try and learn about them and how to play them a lot better with the Zeta. So the Squallow Mark II, this is a new profile totally. It is a smaller version of a Squallows, which if you've played this game for any amount of time, you've probably bumped into at least one Squallows as they're all over the place. I really like them. They are a size six tag, which have kind of been making their way around like, you know, with the, the Acon tags, like the Tick. I think the Tick is a size six, but they're the tiny little tags like geckos and stuff that are armor six instead of armor eight and they run around and they're really good attack pieces because they're so much cheaper than your usual like uh, size uh, seven tags. So what I really love about this profile is that it has an AP Spitfire. I mean, who doesn't love a good old AP Spitfire? But again, because of the implications of you being able to throw him in from space, he's almost always going to be in great range for that thing. I think on some level, you might be able to make an argument for the multi-marksman rifle profile because it is cheaper. Like maybe it'll help you squirm in another order. Yeah, the only thing I look at that and go, wow. You're getting into four orders, maybe, and that's with the Tackleware, which, again, maybe all you need, and that feels like a list where you build in your own death to make sure that thing comes down turn two, and then it gets two turns of, of raining down its destruction. Like, any of the tags or any, like, the bigger model ones feel they'll be really, really bad if you play really passively, and they only come down turn three, because then it's like, well, damn, this thing better kill a lot of shit in, in, in four orders, which, you know, it's, it's still only four orders. Which gives you some, like, thinking... That maybe the grenade launcher is the right profile to go because even if you can't get to certain things, you could always just speculative fire when you show up, right? So I don't know. I can see an argument for almost all these profiles. Like I said, I don't think the multi-marksman one is going to come up all that often. I can see the argument that maybe you do want to just have a cheaper profile because a damage 14 multi-marksman rifle is... I mean, still good, right? You're a multi-wound model. If you lose a roll because you didn't have as much dice, you're probably okay, you know, unless you're getting hit by something big. Food for thought. Well, that's a whole that's a whole order where you didn't do anything because you lost the roll. So there's like, that's the argument right there for like, oh, I dropped a model. It's like, well, if you didn't do anything on that order or didn't do enough on that order, then it wasn't that useful to have anyway. So you might as well have just taken the AP Spitfire one less order, but won that gunfight. You know? Right. And I, again, because the AP, AP Spitfire and multi-marksman rifle are interesting, right? Because the multi-marksman rifle can have AP. All you're really losing is one damage and one dice. The dice is what hurts. That's what sucks, right? And I don't know. And he gets shock if it matters. Whatever. That's cool. Anyway, next profile. So I am a diehard O12 player. Uh, between them and Nomads, I have... I don't know why I keep buying more models, but I'm stupid because I love those factions so much. So... I admit with the reinforcement profiles for O12, I was a little sad because the jackboots like didn't really do anything for me. A one wound TI model, I was like, eh, eh. I didn't really want to pay it. So I was looking through the profiles and I realized that you could make a team with only one jackboot, which I thought was like, all right, fine, whatever. But then I looked at the, I, I looked at this baby. I love the mint, the mint agents. I absolutely love them. They're so cheap and you they just come with chain of command because I'm really good at losing my, my lieutenants, as you know, when every time I do a, a order, uh, a report from any of these events I go to, I'm great at losing them. It comes with a, dude, it comes with a biometric visor. Dude, that's so cool. I could kill all the Shezvastis. Take that, idiots. Anyway, so you're paying for the profile I would take. You're only going to be paying 15 points for a heavy ride stopper with plus two burst. It's already 
one burst. So if you're in a group, that's a burst for heavy riot stopper template. I don't know. I think it's more of a meme than anything. I don't think I don't think I think you lose a lot of efficiency when you have that many templates. But if you hit something with that many and they're forking in a way where you're just going to automatically hit them. I don't know. It's kind of funny, right? Whatever you glue four times with a heavy riot stopper is pro- probably going to be stuck, which kind of leads to a small aside. I think that non-lethal ammo is probably going to be a lot more useful, especially now that you have to be mindful of the other person's uh, point totals. So it might actually be worth gluing the ARO pieces. So like something like a heavy ride stopper actually, I think, stonks up, uh, get f- five out of five uh, glue guns for O12 right now. So I think that I do think that non-lethal weapons are probably going to be a little more useful, especially like adhesive launchers and blah, blah, blah. More of an O12 thing. I know like, you know, Yu Jing and all that stuff gets some, but whatever. That was a small aside. Anyway, I really love the men. Super happy with it. Next one. So the other one that I thought was kind of interesting. So that I believe it's pronounced the high Tay. Please don't cancel me. So the high Tay is pretty funny. Again, I'm going for the meme profiles. One of the profiles has BS attack guided, which is interesting because that doesn't mean it applies to any specific weapon. All of the weapons on the profile gain the guided trait as long as it's a gun. They have an assault pistol. <laughs> Which means you can shoot your Uzi up into the air. It only becomes burst one because it's guided, but it does become a template because anything shot with guided becomes a template. So if you sh- <laughs> just take your Uzi and shoot it straight into the air and it turns into a perfect circle as it slams into whatever <laughs> was forward observed. See, I'm more imagining you're, you're taking physically your gun and just being like, it's out of ammo and you're just hawking it up in the air. <laughs> it just comes down. I think it's hilarious. Just like, <laughs> explodes. So it's obviously there for the heavy rocket launcher. Uh, the heavy ro- a heavy rocket launcher with guided is pretty interesting, especially if you have a Yujing list that has more hacking kind of skew to it. Because now all of a sudden, even even if you don't even if you don't bring in a guided missile bot, right? If you just kind of rely on the high tay, maybe if you do everything you can to make sure he shows up turn two, and you do everything you can to get as many people spotlit as possible, maybe that's your entire turn two is just spending all of the reinforcements <laughs> all the reinforcement orders on this stupid guided heavy rocket kind of interesting well in this in this profile is such a great example of why i think a lot of us wished and i kind of still do that reinforcements for secret information because that's one where the opponent can like maybe they don't like you know you don't have any guided missiles in your list and they're like okay i'm sure you're spotlighting me i don't like sure whatever who cares but it'd be really fun if it's hit information and they spend all these orders they get deep in your lines they dig out your your missile bot and then you're like oh no what if i had second guided missile bot <laughs> like i'm pretty sure dr d would just literally flip the table and like leave the store <laughs> i think guided is one of the stupidest things i've ever read in my entire life i think it is such a bad rule to put it out there i don't i think guided should be in the game but if you do a guided shot with a weapon there should be no bonuses there's barely like i get it it's order intensive blah, blah. there's no repercussions for missing a guided shot other than you just didn't kill anything and then you spent the order it's so irritating that you're at the minus three on the dodge unless you have six cents but the other say you pass there's nothing stopping the other person from just launching them again and again there's like a limit to how many you can do but i've been playing this game i've used guided list lists or guided missile lists i have never hit that limit once maybe it's because i'm bad probably Anyway, the next profile. So you know them. You've probably heard of them. Jury's out. I don't know if you love them. We're talking about Apaches. Ariadna Apaches. These guys are just, they're disgusting. I'm not sure there's another word for it. For their point totals, you're probably going to be playing paying 16 for a natural born warrior with a template, with super jump, with NWI, 
with better dodges, with a really good melee skill, with an APCC weapon for 16 points. You want to talk about running it real lean. And I think they're French, right? This is a new French profile? I think. But yeah, the, the, like I point to that profile as the, like, you know, we talked about, we brought it up in several kind of, when we, we do our unit profiles, like, damn, can I like get rid of some of these special rules that my unit has to just be cheaper? Because I only care about like these three that synergize really well. Like, again, I brought it up a lot on like the Umbra. Look at the Apache, and it's like, this is kind of more what I want. Really cheap, but really good. It does one thing really, really well. Not like a ton of things kind of okay. Uh, I, Apaches scare the, scare me. I think they're going to be a boogeyman uh, dropping down. Uh, they just they do a lot. Well, considering their availability too, if they brought three, then you, you call the judge over. But <laughs> So if you're going up against Ariana, you can expect to at least, I'm going to guess at least two of these every single time. Yeah, can, can, can I borrow this? Can I step, sure. can I sepsigerize this Apache, please? Hey, sir, uh, can, is, can I can I have his extra Apache? Can I have it? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think Apaches are definitely one of the ones you're going to see. See if you can figure out a way to take care of them. They have immunity to shock, which would be my normal go-to stop them from doing things. But CB said, no, you must be Apache. There's nothing you could do about this. Just pray you shoot them and get two wounds on them. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, having that, that second wound through shock immune and NWBI is like, did they really need this? Like, they were really good. If, like, you crossed either one of those out, they're still really, really good. And then it's like, oh, you put those both on. It's like, oh, so it's a, it's a two-wound monster. Got it. It can just drop its template twice and not care. And then just dodge into you and just absolutely rip your throat out. No. Not for 16 points, they're not. I love it. I mean, I don't, but... No, yeah, I was going to say, don't, do not lie to me. So, like, <laughs> it's interesting that certain characters... So, like, Wild Bill, right? I love Wild Bill. He doesn't have Shock Immune. That's a, it's a named character. He's got NWI and all that. Wild Bill costs, you know, like 25-ish points, depending on what weapon you bring. Why, why does the 16-point schmuck have... Every skill you could possibly want on a melee model. And there's really no way to, like, get rid of them quickly? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, I don't get it. I don't know where the, I don't know what the number generator said for that. Yeah, that's, and again, it's, it, it moves 6-2. It has, like, super jumps. It's not even like, oh, they're slow, so they're not going to be guaranteed. It's like, no. Like, the only thing they don't have is stealth. So, like, you will get to, you know, move around as they start coming towards you, but you still got to put two wounds on them, which is really, I think, the ultimate, like, what it, yeah, how did this number generator get to get to where it is? Because I can point to a lot of models with similar profiles that are at least five points more expensive. I, it'll be interesting to see what they get for non-reinforcement points uh, and, and their exact profiles there. That There's a lot of profiles I'm very interested to see what their normal one looks like. Because um, I, I want to say reinforcements are almost always cheaper. I believe so, yeah. And I think that's just so that you could get them into those lists. And it's because there's like no, there, again, there's no marker states. There's no, uh, you know, most of the time they don't have long range weapons. I agree. Obviously the Apache has low armor. You just got to hit it. But you get, but the fact that you have to hit it twice before he bonks you in the head with a stick, that's the hard part. And it's still a D20 game. So like, you know, you're like, I hit it. I have, You only have an armor of one. And like, hey, I'm like in their frenzy, so I don't think they can take cover. Uh, but you're like, hey, I just rolled an 18. And you're like, well, Cool. Guess I'll die. Sorry. Yes. Yes. Well, they, they can't take cover after they've killed something. So you figure the one downside of them is that they don't have smoke, right? So that you're going to see them coming, you know, yada, yada. They only have armor one. It's like, I get it. They're t you can you can manage them. I just think that it's interesting. The point, the, the thing that gets me is the point total. I don't get it. I don't know whether you are actively hampering yourself by not bringing them, which is, I don't know. It's kind of a weird thing. CB doesn't do, a do, doesn't do that too often, but this is, this, this is definitely an example of it. 
they are they are put at 16 points they are pushed to be in lists um where you've seen a lot of other reinforcement profiles like oh, okay this is good i can see the niche this is like that's a profile that's like put it here's availability too that's what you're putting in your list you're like yep understood we want to talk about the other one which i think is availability yes uh, yeah so an av- <laughs> availability five dewan i think that's how you say it so the dewan Takbot is an alif this is another one of those profiles where i'm just like what is happening these guys are slightly more expensive there's a chain rifle with plus one burst you want that for your trade pieces it has it dodges on 16s it dodges four inches it has dogged it has ti like what it's got ti and also has remote presence. So in order to properly kill this guy, you're going to have to do, I don't know, the T, the TI, again, most of your avenues of like hitting him with DA and this and that are all not going to apply. He's immune to non-lethal because that's how TI works. I hate how that's the case, but whatever. This guy's going to run up to you, take that first wound, not care, go into dogged, and then he's going to punch you in the face really hard because he's got an ENMCC weapon which means you're taking two saves BTS that's halved that's nuts yeah I like both the, the 19 point profiles I think the blitz and pulsar is also it's it's not as good as the you know your your chain rifle flame flamen spear but like the best part about those being 19 points and availability five is you've already got your reinforcement group uh, figured out because you're just going to take five of them and then you'll have like five points that you're like oh, whatever I don't know what to do with this but uh, they're they're absolutely insane. Uh, sure I, I really, especially also like, oh, they're minus three to be hacked. So it's like, okay, well, what if you throw a repeater? It's like, well, they might just, you know, resist your resist your attack. Um, they're very, very scary. And for the record, the Dewans can make a core on their own. So you can bring five of those and just core them and have a five. <laughs> group of these robots running around i don't know if that's a good choice you probably do only want to bring like two of like one or two of these things but it's the meme the meme is strong with this one the thing is i don't think the meme is all that terrible like no it's not yeah there probably is some benefit to you know branching out to something that does something other than like i put a template down and then i go dog it and i go to put another template down but if if the if it does get as crowded in the midfield <laughs> as we maybe think it does you you could do a lot worse than 19 than five 19 point models like i put a template down i put a second template down eh. i'm dead yeah i don't know it's again this is another one of those profiles i think you're really gonna see a lot of the time so i would say try and think of a way to deal with it but i don't <laughs> actually don't know what you do in six four these things are fast oh and then they dodge on 16s and move four inches at you anyway so you better hit <laughs> yeah they're gonna be like doing um like fishtails around corners and stuff and they're gonna yeah they're coming for you oh and that was what i was trying to say about the apache neither one of these has berserk that would have like brought it way beyond manageable because at least now if you can stay outside of six inches you can maybe get another shot off and just pray to almighty higher power that you could put the thing down i don't know they're interesting you're gonna see them i i don't know how angry i'm gonna be in the future but after i get punched in the face by one of these things anyway what about stupid aliens? Yeah, so again, Command Army got uh, you know the extra. They're you know the EXO being one of the new you know fancy models that we're seeing. Uh, I'm mostly an Onyx player, um, so I'm a little bit happier with the reinforcements uh, than Vanilla Combined. Vanilla Combined is really spoiled for choice. So many of these profiles, they're they're fighting uh, the other amazing Vanilla profiles, and usually you know not winning because of that. Uh, so I'm going to be talking about most of these through the lens of Onyx, which makes them view more positively. Because also I just like being positive. And like being excited about cool bugs. Um, all the I really like the extra. Uh, so basically, all your reinforcements are extra. You you have a few other options, but like the extra are the cool new one. Uh, the extra uh, I actually really like the extra rule of you just die immediately. Uh, it's one of those. Oh hey, we need to make this model a little bit cheaper. Throw the extra rule on it. 
and cool, I wasn't going to doctor them anyway. So it is it is all plus side, and they can't do all the myriad of secondaries that you can, you know, all those all your cards that are like, oh hey, coup de grace someone or do these things like, oh no, did my bug exploding stop you from getting your secondary that I wasn't going to doctor anyway? So it's cheaper. Uh, I really like that. Uh, the other parts that are really unique to the ex- uh, all the extras is they all have dodge plus one. They're all 6-2 in Super Jump, uh, so they're really good at, like, finding an angle, which is, uh, I think, deceptively strong. I think a lot of people, you know, glossing over that 6-2 with Super Jump so they can make sure they're getting to where they need to go. And I'm really excited to see if they keep that, like, suite of stats for the non-reinforcements, because that will be really interesting in a normal game, you know, with a bunch of sheepish midfield uh, trade pieces that that can get into those positions that you really need. And you can't get the extra... And anything other than reinforcements, correct? At this point in time, the only extra that you can get not in reinforcements is the tag. Uh, I believe the tag is in vanilla and onyx, uh, and it's the only one that is not. So I, I am. Okay. That's another reason why I'm like, there's no way they're not going to not give reinforcement our, our normal profiles for this. Just like it would feel really weird to make all these new models, especially for like all these bug models, and it's like, oh, you can only take them in reinforcement. Why? Why? It does open up the implications of a lot of like what they could do with future sectorials. I know they've said they don't really want to do anymore sectorials but i don't know the evidence isn't the pudding on this one like they brought the french back now there's bugs it's interesting yeah i'll be very excited to see if they do a sectorial of this or if they just kind of tack it onto onyx and more rats and chess the example i used specifically was the exo uh i think some of the other ones are more interesting gunfighters but the exo provides a really interesting part for onyx specifically of uh, chain of command model which you know for being the face of the com- of the combined army there was no chain of command at all inside of onyx getting one for 19 points is really really nice it allows you to take a more aggressive umbra piece to be your lieutenant to get a little bit of a discount push it forward he dies that's fine because then your your extra comes in and takes over the command i do think there is also the argument for the special operative plasma carbine version with the x visor you you know it gets past some of the plasma problems of it's only good at up to 16 or the carbine problem of it's only good to 16 inches you have the x visor cool i can push past that if needed and plasma is a really good gun if but it just it tends to be on bodies that are just either too expensive or they don't move very well so you're kind of stuck in these bad ranges so when you can get a plasma carbine on something that can start in the midfield again 6-2 super jump can move pretty effectively uh, I, I think you're going to start seeing those uh, are seeing some value in that again I'm not sure if you'll see it over the chain of command because you can only take one of them uh, and you can't take the plasma carbine in chain of command but then you're going to want to be a little bit safer with them the last one uh, I'm going to talk about for the extra is the Cascuda. I am so hit and miss on this tag. I want to love this tag. The reinforcement one is really weird to me because it's it's like it's kind of like a Zeo drone, like a 50 point midfield bully tag, like your tiny midfield bully. The problem I have is it doesn't Harris where the Zeo drone Harris is. The Zeo drone also has super jump so it can get to and bully. It can pick its fights for bullying a lot better than the, the Cascuda can. I actually don't hate the weapons on the Cascuda as much as other people do. Uh, the only problem that it has is when you take it in normal. So if you're, if you're not taking it reinforcement is you start at that point, comparing it to the Sphinx. Cause again, it's a similar, like, Hey, you're, you're walk behind something and you draw templates on it but the sphinx is mim six and can go back into its camo state this one once it's there it's you know it's it's there you're definitely not 
focusing on your explosive combat jump. Don't do that. If they dodge, you're, you're just dead. They'll dodge into you. I think the actual like explosive part of that is like a legitimate trap. You just you like if you're going to use that, you're just using it to get behind their line and you don't care if the explosion hits anything. It's kind of fine as a budget sphinx. Like it is 30 points cheaper, which is like half an order group. If you're if you're taking that with a bunch of cheerleaders, but that's still you know it's it's a lot of points into one model that might not get it back, and there's a lot of things that can go wrong. So I can see why people don't love it, uh, but I think I lean more towards the non-reinforcement version in Onyx specifically. And again, you're you're treating it like in a very 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 aggressive Sphinx. And lastly, Kodali, she's back in reinforcements, and I don't know, she's she saves two points, which is kind of nice. Um, it makes me look at that FTO profile a lot more. I've been looking at that for different tag or not different uh, different fire team options for a while and shaving off just a couple points on on that specific profile for kodali and she can still uh fire team with people in reinforcement makes her pretty interesting as that like midfield bully it should also be noted that she has the skill uh protheon not prometheon it's actually pronounced prometheon as we like to say here on uh the podcast that i continue to hear uh shit about so from this point forward we know it's protheon yeah no and that's actually a skill that suddenly gains a lot more value in reinforcements because that's one where you're coming in after like the battlefield has some bodies that you can eat and and that's one where you know normal Kodala you're like oh, I'm paying a lot of points and I'm probably not going to eat a body so I'm paying a lot of points for not a lot of value especially because she is only one woo so like if you mess up at any point before you eat a body you're just dunzo kid where like at least the Umbra all have two wounds through no wound incapacitation. So I, I think the code, the Kodali profile you're going to see as an interesting tech piece as well with that multi-spectral visor level two, very, very powerful, which Onyx doesn't have a whole lot of. Uh, the really fun profile that I threw in here because I just thought it was really fun is your your total reaction bot gets to come out, but he doesn't get his total reaction anymore. And it's, you save five points. So apparently that's what total reaction is worth, five points. But it does actually make the plasma rifle kind of interesting at uh, about 19 points. Okay. Again, you're, you're halfway up the board. You're in a good range for your plasma. You get a lot of shots. I don't really see why they got... I mean, I kind of see why they got rid of Total Reaction for that reason, because that thing would come down and just be like, I am Death, Destroyer of Worlds, because you put that thing in a midfield like vantage point that sees everything. That's, that's actually... Um, there there are some... Some of the lists I've seen from Combined Army, people trying to make it work, is like you basically just run all the drones, and they all like... The drones drop from the sky, and then I'll come out. And having an Evo Hacker to... Onyx likes its Evo Hacker in general. A lot of their things... Can, can use almost every one of its profiles so that's pretty scary it's just a fair number of points is always the you know is always the biggest problem with i think the, like any plans around reinforcements is you have to plan for a turn ahead and that's not always the easiest to do now what you could do is you could use an evo bot and give him marksmanship because that helps with his terrible bs put him in suppressive fire i'm sorry for whoever's day i just ruined by telling somebody and i had that idea you say that but i actually don't think they oh no you if you bring an m drone if you bring your um your little flashbill spot or sorry your set if you bring your sensor bot he's also not a repeater so you gotta make sure you have a repeater around him in order to do that I'm not sure if anything in the reinforcements has repeater they must uh he he, he is a repeater himself there you go and he has marksman <gasps> the marksman brothers and they're fairly cheap like i uh you know you can spend an extra six points of nano screen on, on your combi on your combi rifle sweet the the biggest I think the biggest whiff that I've seen, and I'm not sure if you have a big whiff from O12, and people like will probably disagree, but like the Umbra Legates 
was like the biggest reinforcements whiff for me in Onyx because it was like they're no cheaper. They're actually you can get more expensive versions with Chain of Command, but you lose your forward deployment, which is a big reason you're paying so much for the Umber Legates. And then you also get the added problem of well, the Umber Legates don't have they can't eat faces and they don't they don't really want to be in close combat the same way that like Norkius and a Samaritan do. So I could see the argument if that was like a, a Norkius or Umber Samaritans. Like, yeah, you got to keep that thing very expensive because it dropped exactly where it wants to be. But like the Legate with its four, eight inch forward deployment was sickly where it wanted to be because it wanted to be just outside of that midline. And then it pushes forward in the last little bit. And again, you can like run that thing deep. Uh, I know people talk about that, but that's really more your jobs for your Norkiuses and your Samaritans. So that was the biggest whiff for me. Uh, did you have any big whiffs in 012? Yeah. So uh, Cuervo Goldstein, uh, you probably never heard of him either. Uh, he is a he's a delta for O12, which are like the parachuper troops. He is so prohibitively expensive and not good for what you're paying. So when they did a reinforcement profile, I was like, oh sweet, they're finally gonna make him playable. They're gonna decrease his points. But yeah, it was like five points, and he's still not gonna take <laughs> you're still not gonna take him. He's not so Jose Cuervo here, he was one of the RPG characters for like the creators of the game, which is why I think he's like got so much bloat on him. But guys, if you want us to use your RPG characters, you have to make them you have to make them playable. Like guys, <laughs> please. Yeah, I don't know. I was really sad. He loses a couple skills and stuff. It's it's not great. Um, I mean, as far as like things I don't like, that's pretty much it. I mean, some of the things you really like to see have uh, like marker states and stuff like, you know, that goes away. But we already knew that was going to happen. Yeah. Honestly, with O12, I was pretty happy. I think everything in Nomads was pretty solid. Yeah, I have no complaints about the profiles really, except for the, I, I didn't like the jackboots. But again, I don't think it's the jackboots are like super terrible. I just don't like paying extra points for total immunity on a model that only has one wound and no other skills. So you're paying a TI tax and not having the chassis that you want to be carrying it around, essentially. That, that was kind of my one gripe. It will be really fun to see. Uh, I can't remember which model it is from Hawk Islam that got the reburst chain rifle. Four burst, if you put it in a, if you put it in the combat group or the fire team, it can drop down with. Because I know that they had a, a new Osriel profile that has like a heavy shotgun or something. I, I am really interested to see how this shakes up the meta. And one of the things I like about Infinity is the meta means a lot less than a game like 40k, where you have a lot more of like, you can kind of mathematically figure out your, your optimal turn structure and such and i think reinforcements even further shakes that up just because like where you put that drop pod really changes how you know oh my opponent put it really aggressively versus i think like everyone's first thought is you put your drop pod on the line and i think over time you're going to see the strategies st- like you know change to be sometimes you do but sometimes you're like what if i put it again so the eight inch part of the bubble is only just barely touching that line and I put it far right because that's you know where I need to push a heavy flank or something. I, I think we're going to see some really big changes in the... Our reinforcements are going to see some very interesting meta shifts that can make it feel like a different game and ho- I mean hopefully again I could be completely wrong and nothing changes and everyone mathematically figures out you know okay just bring two Apaches and win the game but, but I, I think I'm excited to see because it has so much variance in it that it allows a lot of player skill to blossom it also helps you get around a little bit of we've all been on planet bowling ball table and getting to basically deploy a good chunk of your army into the halfway point usually get you around some of the worst problems with planet bowling ball that's not always the case it does lean into the other half of the the terrain problem but but you can see which is you know the two extremes of its planet bowling ball and shotgun alley and reinforcements does lean a little bit into everyone take everyone grab your shotguns (laughs) we're eight inches now 
now, but I, I'm really excited to see, you know, to play some, to really dig in and really get some good games in with the new system and see the new mission pack. It's the core, core sand is what you were thinking of. Yeah, I'm excited to actually start playing it. I think we'll probably come back to this a little bit over in the next couple episodes. Maybe people have actually been asking us to have a kind of like a, I don't know, powwow is the word, but they're like, what's been going on in our worlds lately with how we're playing games at the beginning of episode every episode. So I think on some point we might hit up on this and maybe bring up some topics that we've talked about in the previous episodes. So yeah, reinforcements is going to come up. We're going to be playing it and we'll tell you how it goes. Any closing thoughts, Mr. Brady? No, I pretty much gave all my closing thoughts. Overall, I'm very excited. Like if anything, my disappointments came from, I thought they were going to push it further and I was really expecting it to be the dominating game mode. And that was where my expectations got too high and just resetting my expectations. Like, Hey, it's, it's like doubles. It's, it's a fun new way to play to play the game that's refreshing and you can bring some models you weren't going to bring before so i'm actually really really excited with that that mindset change and i i think a lot of people online come at me take that salt and send it at me but like deep breath in deep breath out just because something isn't the absolute best doesn't mean it's bad like again if you really want to play that style go play games workshop they will they will give you exactly what you want in that regard of every new release will be better than everything previous on a like on a power scale i think it's just uh, an alternative you know, that's, I think I don't think they said it was going to be anything else. I don't think at any point they ever said like, oh, this is going to be it. This is the, you know, the end, the end song. I know Corvus Belli told me to get me a RuneScape girlfriend. So where's, where's that? My reinforcements oh, of <laughs> the end song of like things that they're going to be making as far as the way to play the game. It's fine. I have no problems with it. I'm glad it's here. Uh, if I don't like if I play it and I don't like it, I mean, worst case scenario, I just don't play it. Right. And I have to go on. the I have to go on the Internet and attack people uh, venomously for enjoying it, even though I don't. I don't think that's how that works. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brady. I think we did it. I now know that I can take my lovely painted miniatures and literally throw them at a table and they'll stay there as long as they're within eight inches of a smooth little token. Yeah, well, that's why. Guys, hear me out. Give me a five star review for this pie. <laughs> Give us a five-star review for our amazing jokes and all that stuff. I know you guys are out there. I've actually, I've been starting to get emails from people. Oh, I should totally pull that up. Well, I should get to see the feedback because usually I don't see any of the feedback until uh, it's like episode things we got wrong. I'm like, oh, I got that wrong. Neat. I was emailed by a lovely gent from the other side of the United States. And he, me and him were like sharing stories and stuff with each other. Uh, I'm not going to say his name out loud. He was a great guy. I really enjoyed the conversation with him. He was telling me like how he got into infinity and yada, yada. And, uh, you know, it's one of those people that if I think if I'm, I'm ever in that neighborhood, I actually might go out and meet and play a game with him. So it's like, guys, uh, it's been told to me over and over again that I need to get some kind of thing open. So there might be a discord channel. There'll probably be a Facebook group at some point. It's just a matter of time and making it. We do know you guys are out there at this point. It's been made painful clear that I have to get you guys in one area so that we can make a bigger, cooler community. And Brady will have mod powers and he'll go crazy with power. <laughs> That's all. I, you only get the negative stuff. I get all the positive stuff. So yeah, I, I know you guys are out there. Every time you guys give us five-star reviews and all that, I've seen the numbers. They go up. It's not... It, there's no way around it. When you guys give us five star reviews, especially with words, it really, really helps us get out there, make a bigger community. I, it's going to be amazing meeting some of you guys at cons and stuff. I'm, I'll be at Adepticon. I'll be there. It's going to be amazing. So keep up the good work, guys, and keep keep giving us reviews if you can. Yeah, I know that they're seriously amazing. We read them. We're always excited to hear from you. Good and, good and bad. Uh, but like, it's why we why we show up and record this for you and for me because I like talking about this game. But, you know, it's also for you. It's for us. Where else are you going to hear about Sea Army? It's not going to be for me. <laughs> Just remember that was like over a month ago at this point. You're going to hear about Sea Army, whether you like it or not. I want I want to talk about my like weird aliens and my bugs. 
bug. Yeah, so it's going to be, uh, it's interesting that you literally squish bugs. You squish them with bullets and they just evaporate away. Take that. Stupid book. You can find me, Dr. D, on Discord at Dr. D. F- you know what? No, it's just Dr. D now. They've changed all the names. Oh, my goodness. And you can email me at furypainting at gmail.com. You can find me, Brady T, on Discord at Brady T. It's never too late to embrace the involved intelligence. Thanks for listening, Nomads. Make sure you keep it popping out there and don't let Aleph get you. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this show, check out all the other great shows here at the Professional Casual Network. Like what, Danny? I'll tell you. On Mondays, we've got the Lost Omens podcast, our Pathfinder 2E actual play, hosted by me, playing through the Extinction Curse AP. Also, streaming on twitch.tv slash professional casual network at 7 p.m. Eastern time, you can check out, oh yeah, the power phase, our Marvel Crisis Protocol live battle report show. On Tuesdays, the podcast version of Wait, Did I Roll a Wild? Our Marvel Crisis Protocol Povlog is available. On Wednesdays, alternating releases on the Patreon, we have Settling the Southlands, our homebrew Wolforp actual play, and The Slithering, a Pathfinder second edition actual play. And on Thursdays, live at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on twitch.tv slash professional casual network, we've got Wait, Did I Roll a Wild, our Marvel Crisis Protocol povlog. You can also check out back episodes of Elite Eight Showdown and the first 39 episodes of the Lost Omens podcast, the first 24 episodes of Settling the Southlands, and the first handful of episodes of The Slithering on the YouTube at youtube.com slash the professional casual.